Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Pod PPL. This month, we will be discussing public transit in Pasadena. We're going to have a little discussion about the history of public transit in Pasadena and some of what's going on in the present day, including a talk about the Metro Micro with returning guest Tosh. And now, a brief history of public transit in Pasadena. So public transit in the city began with a simple horse-drawn line, uh, the Pasadena Street Railroad, which opened in 1886. It was followed by several other horse-drawn and then later electric lines along the major streets of the time, Fair Oaks and Colorado. Some of these companies included the City Railway Company, the Highland Railroad Company, and the Colorado Street Railway Company. All of these companies were purchased in 1894 by the Los Angeles and Pasadena Electric Railway, which opened the first electric interurban line to Los Angeles the following year. This company, the Los Angeles and Pasadena Electric Railway, was eventually supplanted by the Pacific Electric, led by Henry E. Huntington. Huntington, for whom Huntington Drive, Huntington Beach, and Huntington Park are named, was the nephew of Collis P. Huntington, who was one of the investors who brought the Transcontinental Railroad to California in the 1860s. Henry emigrated from Oneonta, New York, moving west to work with his uncle, who controlled the Central Pacific Railroad, one of the two railroads that met at Promontory Point in Utah, creating the first North American transcontinental railroad route. When Collis Huntington died, Henry was the favorite to replace him, but he was blocked by a bondholder's representative and forced to sell his shares in the company. He moved south from San Francisco with his new wife, who was his uncle's widow, to his estate in San Marino, now known as the Huntington Library, and proceeded to leave quite a large mark on the local geography with his companies. Huntington founded the Pacific Electric in 1901 and presided over the company for the next 15 years. While the Pacific Electric didn't exactly make a lot of money from its passenger service, Huntington and his associates made out like bandits. Their strategy? To construct electric interurban lines to the various small communities that dotted the foothills and valleys of the Southland, connecting them with the urban hub of Los Angeles, while also providing those communities with electricity. And when those small towns began to expand, they needed to purchase more land. And who did they purchase this land from? Huntington, of course. He planted the seeds for the incredible metropolitan sprawl across Southern California. While he didn't exactly fill out the map, he provided the starting points that were later filled in by the vast suburbs of Los Angeles. The Pacific Electric, uh, known colloquially as the Red Car, sprawled across Los Angeles, Riverside, San Bernardino, and Orange Counties. At its height, it was the largest light rail system in the world by mileage. One could ride from the top of Mount Lowe, high above Altadena, all the way to the Pacific Ocean in Newport Beach, and east from Santa Monica all the way to Redlands. This made the Southland very accessible to many who could not afford cars, which at the time were a great luxury. Jazz greats Charles Mingus and Buddy Collette would often jam together in the red car, 
as they rode from Watts to jazz clubs downtown. Pasadena was gifted with several Pacific Electric lines, many of which were constructed by the old horse-drawn lines of the previous century. At the height of service, lines stretched up Lincoln, Fair Oaks, and Lake Avenues, with local lines on Washington, Orange Grove, and Colorado, and a whole tangle of lines in Old Town Pasadena. Today, you can find a grass median along Sierra Madre Boulevard as it splits from Huntington Drive. This median, as it passes through Pasadena, is the former Pacific Electric route to Sierra Madre. The line to the fabled Mount Low Resort passed through the city as well, via Lake Avenue. Up above Altadena Drive, the line turned east, towards Rubio Canyon, and ended at a funicular railroad, similar to Angel's Flight in downtown Los Angeles, uh, that carried passengers up to Echo Mountain and to the trolleys beyond. The car house, where the red cars were stored and maintained, was located between Raymond and Fair Oaks to the east and west, and between Walnut and Holly to the north and south. The two alleys on this block are named Pacific Alley and Electric Drive to commemorate this former structure. A substation that at one time provided electricity to the Pacific Electric lines in Pasadena still stands and is part of the Pasadena Water and Powers property at Fair Oaks and Glenarm. Another substation in Altadena, located at Lake and Calaveras, also provided electricity to local lines. This building still stands uh, and it now houses a thrift store. The busiest day for the red line cars headed to Pasadena was, unsurprisingly, New Year's Day. The line carried thousands of spectators to and from Pasadena for the Rose Parade and the Rose Bowl, and the entire Pacific Electric system had to modify service to accommodate the volume of traffic. At the very peak of this service in 1921, 41,000 people rode the train to Pasadena, where they exited just below Colorado Boulevard and directly onto the parade route. Soon, there was a competitor to the trolleys and interurbans across the Southland, the automobile. The local trolley lines in Pasadena were gradually replaced in the 1920s and 30s by bus routes, and the Pacific Electric system overall was declining through these years. Huntington's strategy of building lines out to the foothills, ranches, and rural areas to develop and sell real estate was providing diminishing returns. By now, many of these properties had been developed, Despite an uptick of traffic during World War II, uh, the real nail in the coffin of the Pacific Electric came later in the 1940s. Now, Pasadena was at one end of the very first freeway west of the Mississippi, the twisting and turning Arroyo Seco Parkway, uh, which is now known as the 110 or the Pasadena Freeway. This freeway was completed in 1940 and was a bit of a harbinger for the rest of the sprawling Los Angeles freeway system, as well as the increasing suburbanization of the Los Angeles area. The opening of the freeways, in conjunction with the gradual shift to bus services and the vast increase in automobile traffic, spelled the end of the Pacific Electric. The last train left Pasadena on New Year's Day 1951, returning tourists back to Los Angeles from the Rose Parade. The lines that the Pacific Electric left behind came under the auspices of the Los Angeles Metropolitan Transit Authority, which converted what was left of the rail lines to bus lines. This company eventually merged with other public agencies in 1964 to create the Southern California Rapid Transit District, or the RTD, 
which I remember my mom, who grew up here, referring to as the Richard T. Davis. The RTD dominated transit in Southern California for 30 years, butting heads with other local and countywide transit authorities. One of the agencies it conflicted the most with was the Los Angeles County Transportation Commission, created after a state law in 1976, demanded that each county in California had to have its own countywide transportation commission. The two were merged into one organization in 1993, the new Los Angeles County Metropolitan Transportation Authority, or popularly, the Metro. The Metro inherited the RTD lines in Pasadena, and those lines are still the main bus lines in the city. While the Metro bus sufficed for lines heading out of the city, Pasadena itself sought to create a local system in time for the 1994 FIFA World Cup, which was being held in the Rose Bowl. The Pasadena Arts Bus was launched just in time for the World Cup, and eventually was expanded to service other areas of the city and connect with the eventual light rail lines that we're about to discuss. The service was renamed in 2015 and is now known as Pasadena Transit. However, it didn't lose any of its quote-unquote arts, as the new bus aesthetics and logo were designed by the local Art Center College of Design students. Throughout all of this bus activity, plans were underway to restore Pasadena's light rail connection to Los Angeles. Initially, the Blue Line was to be extended north from its current terminus in downtown Los Angeles. However, a ban on the use of sales tax revenue for underground light rail put that plan on hold. Work instead shifted to the above-ground section from Union Station to Pasadena and began in 2000. The Metro Gold Line, as it came to be known, opened for service in 2003. The majority of the line was built by a predecessor to the Santa Fe Railroad in the 1880s as part of their transcontinental route from Chicago to Los Angeles. Santa Fe, and later on Amtrak, abandoned passenger service on the line due to the 1994 Northridge earthquake, and the former right-of-way became slated for that light rail line. The Gold Line extension, which heads east along the former Santa Fe trackage towards Arcadia, Duarte, and Azusa, opened in 2016. Light rail all across Los Angeles has made a remarkable comeback, and has done so on the remnants of past routes. We talked about the Gold Line through Pasadena, which was built on former Santa Fe trackage. The Blue Line, which heads south towards Long Beach, was built along what was once the busiest section of the Pacific Electric. And the Expo Line to Santa Monica took over much of the route of the Pacific Electric's former Santa Monica Air Line. The Orange Line bus service, as well, follows an abandoned Southern Pacific Railroad branch through the southern San Fernando Valley. The many light rail lines across Los Angeles were renamed in 2020 to accommodate for future expansion and connection of the lines in the coming years. The Gold Line is now the L Line, the Blue Line the A Line, and the Expo Line now the E Line. The L Line is set to connect to the A Line and the E Line by the end of this year as part of the Regional Transit Connector project. At this point, the L-Line will cease to exist and become a part of the A-Line, and it will be once again possible to ride from Pasadena to the shores of the Pacific with a minimum of transferring or disruption. 
And while Metro buses are experiencing some shifts in service, uh, there is a new Metro service available to help folks with that so-called last mile of their commute. Here to talk about that with us is Tosh. Have you seen the polka-dotted blue vans that have been buzzing around the city? Well, that's Metro Micro, a new service running through the Pasadena area, started to supplement any gaps between major transit lines. The vans are run by Metro, and anyone can use them simply by booking a ride through their app or by phone. You'll be booked for pickup at the closest bus stop or designated pickup spot, and the van will pick you up and drop off riders along your trip. You can also book a single ride or set up your whole weekly commute ahead of time. Each ride is only a dollar, and the service runs Monday through Sunday from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m., making this pilot program a great asset to the local transit scene. While it is mainly meant to connect your local bus line to, say, something like one of the Gold Line stations, you can really use it as its own small rideshare service as long as you're traveling within the service area. You can use it for small day trips without worrying about gas, parking, or who has to drive. I encourage you to go to the Metro Micro website to get a good idea of the area it covers, as it runs into some of Altadena and Sierra Madre as well. I've already done some mapping of my own and come up with a few little adventures around town. A little treat and hardly any walking, book a van to take you to Washington and Hill. From there, you can visit Lavender and Honey, a cozy little cafe with outdoor seating, and start your day with their cinnamon creamed honey latte. Once you've got your energy up, pop into Sideka next door and ponder just how badly you want to treat yourself or someone special to a beautiful vintage reproduction dress. New purchase in hand, you can celebrate your good decision with an all-day breakfast at Millie's Cafe and settle in for some good old-fashioned people watching. Need some fresh air? Book an early morning van to take you to New York and Altadena. From there, you'll walk less than half a mile to the Eaton Canyon Nature Center. Take a look at their informative exhibits and enjoy a lovely walk through the hiking trails. Once you've finished working up a sweat and an appetite, book another van to take you to Washington and Mentor to get to Seed Bakery, where you can have a delicious meatloaf sandwich made with hearty bread baked in-house. Want to enjoy the outdoors on a smaller scale? Start with a trip to Hill and Colorado and visit Hill Avenue Library. Browse the collection and find yourself a nice book or magazine to check out. And bring your along your good read on a van headed to Lake and Del Mar. There, you can drop into Trader Joe's, pick up some tasty goodies, and you've got yourself the makings of a great picnic. It's only an 11-minute walk to Grant Park, where I've heard a good cheese pair as well with a great book. If you hurry, you can also pop into Ginger Corner Market across the street. Grab one of their unique drinks from the counter or the fridge and settle in for a sunshine, snacks, and story-filled afternoon. If you'd like to see a written itinerary of any of these plans or a list of other points of interest in the service area, visit this episode's accompanying blog post on the library's website. Happy adventures and safe travels! The Los Angeles area has a reputation for being very car-centric. Uh, often to the detriment of those who are unable to drive due to a lack of license or those who just can't afford it. Ironically, the very sprawl that makes car travel so necessary here is a product of another transit system, one that predates the automobile and was eventually replaced by it. 
Another irony, of course, is that those transit systems that were so eagerly torn out in favor of the automobile are slowly making their way back, sometimes along the very same lines. Once upon a time, Pasadena was a busy part of the largest light rail system in the world. Now, after 30 years of having no light rail at all, the Los Angeles area ranks 8th worldwide. The benefits of a healthy public transit system are becoming clearer and clearer. When the red cars left and car traffic became the main transportation mode in the Los Angeles area, the air quality dropped precipitously. As the area has slowly added back public transit options, this has greatly improved. It's a lot easier to get around nowadays uh, without a car, especially compared to the way it was 30 years ago or so. You can take it on a trip to the beach or to downtown, or if you'd like, you can just take a casual trip and have a picnic in the park. Thanks for joining us this month, folks. We will see you next month. Take care. Take care.